Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Cole Kubelik on the guest line. Sorry about that, Cole. I butchered your intro, but I promise you it's only because I might be dying. It's all good. Hope you're okay. Hope you survive. But you know what? That's like the nicest thing anybody has said. And you can check out his radio show, uh, McElroy and Kubelik in the morning, uh, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on on Jocks uh, in Birmingham there. All right, so let's get to this. The latest round here, which is uh, the, the Big Ten adding USC and UCLA. How do you think that move stacks up compared to the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma a year ago? I think it's a strong move. Um, I think it's it's very similar in in clout and recognition and name brands. Obviously, I think the combination of Oklahoma and Texas are a little bit bigger than the combination of USC and UCLA. But you can make, make an argument USC would be the best individual brand of the four, and then it puts you in the Los Angeles market, which is massive. I mean, it's the top three television market annually in the United States, and you get two teams there. So, and, and people will say. Well, the subscriber base, cable's not that big. It's still over five and a half million people that subscribe to cable there. So that's a big audience. And what they got financially going from, from what I'm told, 50 cents per per, per subscriber to $1.50 per subscriber, and that's monthly, not annually, um, immediately gives the Big Ten a big push as far as revenue they're going to be able to generate. On the field, I don't think it's close to what the SEC will most likely see with what we're already seeing from Sarkeesian in Texas, and that thing beginning to head in the right direction, what Oklahoma's been able to accomplish. Obviously, I think a lot of Chip Kelly at UCLA, but hands tied to a certain extent. And obviously, Lincoln Riley looks like he might be a guy that gets USC back going again, but that's still a team that was sub-500 a year ago. So from the football side of things, you, you mentioned it's not enough to catch uh, the SEC. If, if going forward, you were then to see – the Big Ten add Notre Dame and Oregon, which kind of feels like a popular pairing that is out there. Would that be enough to catch, quote-unquote, the SEC in football? Yes, because Notre Dame, I, I still think, is the brand name in college football. Uh, that's just my opinion, but I think nationally, it has a, a bigger, more passionate fan base than any other school in the country. Uh, that includes Texas, USC, Alabama, whoever else. And I think you would get an Oregon team that has been in the mix for championships for over a decade, and that would add a ton of value. So, And then, too, from a, just from a number standpoint, you'd be moving past the SEC. That happens, though. I would not anticipate Greg Sankey and the SEC just standing still. I would expect probably uh, some sort of move to counter that and probably get as close to the, the finish line with where we're going to end up here, which I think should be probably, Nick, the biggest question that we have is, you know, where are we when we can finally take a breath? Where are we when we can finally sit back and say, okay, this is what we will get from college football for the foreseeable future. I think that's a really interesting point that you're driving at there. Cole Kubelik of McElroy and Kubelik on Jocks 94.5 FM in Birmingham and also the SEC Network on the guest line here. So, even before we add, presumptively, Notre Dame and Oregon to the Big Ten, what programs do you see the SEC targeting next? 
Well, I think some of that depends on the dominoes. If it, if it goes the way that you just mentioned and Notre Dame exits, then that means the ACC teams, I believe, have an exit window in and out to be able to go somewhere else. So I think immediately the SEC looks towards the ACC. Uh, I think Florida State, Miami would be towards the top of that list. I think Virginia Tech would be towards the top of that list. I think Clemson's towards the top of that list. Um, and it probably starts there. Um, if you were to go over toward, if you were to go west, uh, I think Kansas probably makes the most sense of, of any team in the Big 12. I, I don't really think that the SEC probably looks at Houston or at another school in Texas and feels like that that's something that they would need. Um, and then I think it just comes down to, you know, what are what are your what are at the top of your wish list right now? Is it just is it is it value of the brand? Is it still going back to you know 2012, focused in on TV markets? You know, could Virginia Tech and Virginia be in play then? I do think North Carolina is going to be a school coveted by most everybody if they were to become available. I don't know what the partnership with an NC State or a Duke or a Wake would look like going anywhere, uh, or if that's even important at all. But I think you're probably talking about Florida State, Miami, Clemson, North Carolina and then Virginia Tech, Virginia as the schools that the SEC would have the most interested in in the ACC, and then probably I would say Kansas in the Big 12. I personally don't see Greg Sankey going too much further west than that. I, I think they're good with the footprint they have now, but I, mean, I guess everything's on the table here, man. Cole, a lot of people uh, in the college football ether have suggested that this is just heading towards a big two, and that's just that, that that's they're fatalistic in in thinking on that. Um, are you fatalistic that in the end it's going to be a big two? And if not, how much of a difference do you see between having a power two, if that's what we're calling it, or like a power three with a third conference, whether it's the Big 12, the ACC, or Pac-12 uh, surviving? Um, I, Nick, I do think it, it appears as though we're heading that way. But I think when people say that, they almost, they almost bring into that equation the presumption that Kevin Warren and Greg Sankey are sort of masterminding all of this. I, I don't view it that way. I don't – I mean, let's, who, who's getting along right now with all these conference commissioners? Like, nobody's playing nice right now. Everybody's playing hardball. And so because of that, I, I think that is there room for a number three, maybe even a four? If, if the ACC gets Notre Dame, they're in. I mean, they're good. That's enough right there with what you already have in Florida State, Miami, Clemson, North Carolina, uh, you know, Pitt, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Like, you're, you're set. They'd be fine and, and probably need to add someone just to even things up. But I think they're good at that point. Um, could one other massive question is, you know, apparently they're going to have some conversations this week, but I don't know why you have conversations about four teams instead of all the teams, but – could the Big 12 and Pac-12 find a way to merge and have enough? You know, could you have, you know, TCU, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, along with Washington, Oregon, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, and that become a Power 5 conference? And then what happens to some of the teams that are coming in? Um, the Cincinnati help, the Central Florida help, the BYU help. All those are questions we don't really know or have answers to, but 
it does feel like there's still an outside small chance at four. Uh, the difference will be the playing field that the Big Ten and the SEC are going to be on financially. I don't really think it matters what those other two or three or four leagues do. They're just not going to be on the same level. Therefore, the stratosphere that the two major conferences would be in, I think would actually be better for college football for them to just go do their own thing. And I don't think it would be, I don't think it would so much be better for them, Nick. I believe it would be better for whatever the next level of college football is. So basically what the group of five is now. Whatever becomes of that, I think has a chance to be much better than it is now because it's going to be deeper. It's going to be more schools with more and better tradition. And I think at some point in time, some of the leadership at that level, and I understand everybody's hanging on right now for dear life. Everybody just wants to get in. Like everybody wants to make the team. Everybody wants to get in the fraternity. And they're just like, please just let us in. I get it because those checks are substantial and what most of them need. But a lot of these handouts are going away. These paycheck games, they're going to be gone. And the revenue sharing is most likely, it might not be gone, but it's going to be cut. But you'll start paying your schools that much more money and adding more schools so you can say, oh, yeah, we're going to keep sharing this with, you know, Southern Miss and Utah State and Troy. Like, that's that's not the way it's going to work. So, I think if the, if, the, if the conferences, SEC, Big Ten, that are playing at a totally different level, if they were to bust off with 20, 24 teams each, whatever, have their own college football playoff, at that point I think you could even leave it at four and probably be fine. But then the next level goes to a 16-team playoff, either restructures or merges a couple conferences together. You would have television windows. You'd have a multimedia rights deal. And you would have the ability to put games on when people wanted to watch them. And I think a lot of them would be competitive games that would make it that much more interesting. So I don't know better or worse, but to me, that's kind of where we're going. And the unfortunate part is the next level got a, a real chance to get left behind in a lot of different ways because so many are still grasping at just trying to be a part of whatever is next, and they don't even know what that is. All right, Cole, we've reached the part of the interview where I'm going to run you through the five questions that I had today. Uh, the kind of rapid fire here, and uh, there are no wrong answers unless, of course, you give us a wrong answer. Number five, what day or date do you consider the end of summer? Uh, October 21st. I like that. Uh, number four. Uh, favorite athlete to watch right now? That's just all that is is temperature. By the way, I like, act- summer's over when it's not hot anymore. So, so sorry, question two. I actually learned that uh, when I moved to the south because I'm from Northeast Ohio. I, I learned that. That's a very good point. Uh, number four, favorite athlete to watch right now? Um, man. That's tough. That's a good one. I'm going to probably say Quentin Nelson when he's healthy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Quentin Nelson's fun to watch. All right. What would your emotional support animal be? A hippopotamus. All right. Uh, 
Could you take Joey Chestnut in a fight? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's a a little bit more difficult. A little bit more difficult than I would imagine a few days ago. But yeah, I mean, I still think I could. I could probably hold my own. All right, final one here. If if we put you in charge of naming a new day, an eighth day of the week, what would you name this new day? Off day. Off day. Love that. I, we, I had said free day. Anything that implies you and I don't have to do diddly squat during it. Cole, you are the best, man. Really do appreciate your time. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Look forward to catching up again soon.